good to have everybody join us this morning. If you'll stand together, I ask that you'll uh, sing. We're going to start with, Where Could I Go? It says, Where Could I Go But To The Lord? There's no 
Jason's going to lead us in Come As You Are.
Thank you, guys, praise team. Thank you for being here today. It's always a privilege to be with you. And uh, I want to say a thank you to uh, Doug again. Uh, last week was short notice and had to put up with me again this week, but I appreciate that. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll begin in verse 1. Our passage is 1 Peter 2, 1 through 9. And while you're turning there, I'll remind you that we're looking here at Peter, uh, the first uh, Peter, and uh, we recall that according to tradition, Peter was crucified uh, upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord. That's tradition, but uh, as we think about the topic this morning of ministry success, we've talked about ministry and the various aspects of ministry and we're, the, the fact that we're all in ministry. Uh, you may not stand behind a pulpit. Uh, you may not uh, be making the pastoral visits, and yet uh, the body of Christ made up of the members of uh, the believers in the uh, uh, local church, uh, we are, uh, in fact, commissioned to be uh, ministers of the gospel, to share the gospel, be, be ambassadors of the good news of Jesus Christ, that uh, he suffered and bled and died, was buried after dying that sinless life. And then he rose from the dead and ascended back to his father where he sits on the right hand of uh, God on high where he ever liveth to make intercession for us, the Bible talks about. And, and we need to be sharing that as ministers of the good news of Jesus Christ if we have that good news in our lives. And that's something about what this passage talks to us about. I'd like to read it uh, in your hearing uh, as we begin. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which, is, which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of his darkness into his marvelous light. Lord, we are thankful today to be in your house with your people, to have opportunity to even broadcast this uh, uh, worship time together uh, to those that can't be here. We pray for those 
uh, who are sick, and uh, thank you that Betsy is doing some better, and we just pray for her continued recovery, and others who are uh, suffering not just from COVID, but we, we get uh, the prayer updates, and, and those who uh, uh, have physical uh, problems, especially we uh, pray, Lord, for those that are spiritually sick and need to know Christ, that they could hear uh, the good news through uh, our lips and lives and be drawn to him by your spirit and be saved. We pray for Chad this week as he's supposed to do a, a funeral for a, a family in a tough situation. We pray for that uh, time. And ask now as we just uh, open our hearts and minds to your word that you would interpret that your Holy Spirit would uh, speak to our hearts uh, your message for our lives and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been said that in order to succeed at the, as the people of God, we must adjust our priorities. I thought about putting that somewhere else in the message today because that's really not what we want to hear, is it? In order to succeed as the people of God, we must adjust our priorities. I know you don't want me to do this, but I'm going to repeat that. It's that important. In order for us to succeed as the people of God, the members of the body of Christ, the, the, the local church at East L.J. Baptist Church or across town or around the world, in order for us to succeed as the people of God, we must adjust our priorities. You know, we don't want anybody telling us anything, do we? We want to kind of just be, you know, freelancers and do our own thing. And uh, Yet if we rid ourselves of the things Peter lists in this text, we may in fact grow up into the likeness of Christ, chosen and valuable in the kingdom of God as living stones, it tells us, Look, they're being built up into a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer sacrificial, uh, spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God uh, through Jesus Christ as we live out that which he has worked into our lives as followers of Christ. Have you ever seen facts like these? Babe Ruth was home run king and strikeout leader at the same time. Thomas Edison designed over 500 light bulbs before he came up with one that worked. We're told Henry Ford forgot to put a reverse in the first car that he built. Williams Jennings Bryan invited the landlocked country of Switzerland to a naval convention. But you see, no matter who we are, we're going to make mistakes, aren't we? We're going to fail along the way. I've learned that the real difference between a life of success and a life of failure isn't based on a person's ability. Vance Havner, great old preacher, uh, he said that God is more interested in our availability than he is our ability. My pastor many years ago said that uh, God will equip us to do the work of the ministry. The, the Bible says that, but, but he said we don't need to worry about uh, whether or not we can do it. We just need to do it and trust God 
uh, pray certainly on, on the front end in all that we do, but, but as we serve him day in and day out, just our, our daily demeanor ought to bring glory to God. It's also been said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. And you see, we're empowered with all the, the power of the resurrection of uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and we have that fight, as it were, to be his church on mission and to succeed. The secret of ministry success for the people of God is, is not in our victories or in our absolute perfection. Rather, the secret of success is in our hearts. Even it's in our perspective and, and faithfulness to God. How faithful are we to do the will of God as the church in the world today? I want us to look this morning at three key issues in the lives of God's people that foster ministry's success. Now, we don't like to talk about this word either, but the diet of a holy people. And then the design of a holy people and the destination of a holy people. I had a friend many years ago said, you know, he didn't used to think much about uh, outlines and all of that, but his father was our pastor, a father-in-law rather, was our pastor. And he said, you know, I, I, I got to like that. I, 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 it really helps us. It, it gives us a track to go on. So that's where we're going today. Uh, according to 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, we notice that there's a diet or the diet of a holy people. Now we need to be holy, but we need to stick to our diet as holy people. Peter begins his definition of ministry success by looking then at our diet. And he points out foods that we must both delete from our diet as well as add to our spiritual diet. He said that the bad food that must uh, be removed totally from our diet includes things like malice or wickedness, guile or deceit, hypocrisies, that's saying or acting one way and, and living another way, professing something that we're not living out in our lives, envies and evil speakings or, or slander. You know about a diet, of course. The doctor said if it tastes good, spit it out. We well, you know these are some things that sometimes we just get caught up in and, and we, we, we like those things. But, but here we're told that we need to leave those things off, to, to, to scratch them off the, the, the list of our spiritual uh, diets. And in dietary terms, these things that are listed could be considered junk food. Uh, and if we're really honest with God, listen church, if we're really honest with God today... At least from time to time, even as Christians I'm talking about, we're apt to become junk food junkies, aren't we? We allow these things. Oh, you know, that's not so bad. Well, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's something to be scratched off the, the list. Junk food, you see, is, is loaded with, with empty calories, no nutritional value, and, and so it is with with those things that we must remove here from our spiritual diet if we're to grow in Christ's likeness. You know, there's all kinds of diets that are, are available today. There's low carbs and no carbs. and uh, We leave off some things uh, 
like carbs and, and, and we, we focus on things like protein. That's sort of what we're talking about here. The, the bad versus the, the good things in our, in our diet. But in a similar way, Peter's diet included a list of things that we're, we're not to ingest as the people of God. We're not to include in our diet. And it's, it's really pretty easy uh, to understand why these things don't need to be a part of our spiritual fare. Each of them is opposite the new nature of the child of God. There's some things we need to leave off, church. We're to, to be like Christ. We're not to be like the world. And it does matter how we live, what we say, how we love. This list of exclusions to a healthy spiritual diet reveals that, that the things that, that prevent us from growing in the things of the Spirit. You see, that's the idea that we'd be built up in the things of God. But, but rather than, than just focusing on the don'ts, we can also look at the list here of Peter's do's. And in fact, if we focus on the do's, listen to me, the Word of God, that is, we wouldn't have time to worry about the don'ts. We'd, we'd, we'd be living, you know, it, it's one thing to say, I'm going to quit this, or I'm going to quit that. The idea is we need to replace that with something better, right? And that's what Peter's telling us here. So we're to include in our diet towards a spiritual fitness and well-being. Watch, it says, sincere or unadulterated milk, the Word of God. Our, our healthy spiritual diet is, cons is, is to consist of that unadulterated spiritual food, the, the milk of the Word of God. You know, uh, milk has been referred to as nature's complete food. And, and rather than diluting and, and tainting or polluting and, and weakening or compromising the Word of God, we're to take the Word of God as it is perfect for our spiritual fitness. That's what this is about. Nowadays, we, of course, pasteurize milk, we homogenize milk, we, we, we have skim milk, we have 1% milk, uh, but even our whole milk doesn't seem like it's really whole anymore. It's, it's not like the, the real thing. What Paul's talking about here is the pure word of God, like milk straight from the, the cow or the, 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 the dear mother's breast with all its nutrients and vitamins and all the things in it that make for a, a healthy follower of Christ. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to take away from it. It, it. it doesn't need to be altered in any way. It's the sincere milk of the Word. In fact, going back to uh, chapter 1, verse 25, the, it says, The Word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now that's great. That's good news. That's what we need to, to talk about and understand and, and share. I, I, I just thought about the, the Christian life and, and how basic this is. Uh, basic is if any man will, will not work, neither let him eat. Second Thessalonians says, but if we fail to feed on the milk as well as the meat of the word, will not enjoy the sweets of the diet of the redeemed. I like that kind of feast, don't you? The things of God. Have you tasted, uh, verse 3 from our text, 1 Peter 2, have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? You know, 
when a person uh, is ill, uh, he may lose his, his taste or, or smell, as with, with COVID-19. But especially the idea of, of taste, just, just think about what a blessing it is to be able to taste what we eat. Our, our daughter is still suffering from that as a result of COVID-19. She doesn't taste uh, uh, food. And, and the idea is that um, uh, when you get sick and you lose your, your, your sense of, of taste... Uh, even the most delicious food becomes flavorless. It's, it's bland to the taste buds. And perhaps as the psalmist says, uh, even his soul, listen, abhorreth all manner of meat. You, you know, if we can get so focused on the junk that the things of God are not attractive to us. And we don't want to get there. That's a dangerous place for the Christian to be. Oh, but the flavor of truth, again, that the Lord is gracious, it's even more pleasant uh, to us when we become sick of the sin of the world and allow the word, which is sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb, uh, the psalmist says, to, to refresh us in, in ministering the truth to the whole world. That's what it's about. That's, that's this idea of, of our diet is to... to, to, to strengthen us and, and uh, make us more sweet and, and make us uh, desirous to, to, to share the good news of the love of Christ. And again in our text, Peter urges us to rely on, on the milk of the Word as a staple in our diet because it's full of vitamins which, which bring strength and, and fight the disease of sin even. He says that we're to drink from the pure, nutritious Word of God for a spiritual diet that will make us spiritually healthy. But you know, today there's an epidemic in churches across the land. Many who regularly attend church are, unfortunately, almost, if not completely, biblically illiterate. In his book, The Habits of a High Effective, Highly Effective Church, George Barna says effective churches, listen, have an intentional, systematic, biblical education process. And his research indicates that less than 10% of Christians even have a biblical worldview. That's sad. Living according to the sincere Milk of the word, however, is what it means, in fact, to be a Christian. Christians today are spiritually malnourished because we're not feasting on the pure milk of Scripture. The milk of the word will serve to build a strong bone structure to support our spiritual bodies. But listen, don't forget it, church. We must leave off the junk. And that's what the first part that we read about is. It's junk that needs to be shed from the life of Christians. And I'll say it, not just because he's my son, but it's a wonderful thing to have good, solid, biblical preaching and teaching straight from the Word of God wherever you are. Well, let's look at this second thing that uh, I gave you uh, for our outline. Not just the, the diet, of a holy people, but the design of a holy people. I'm using uh, this passage, uh, breaking it down, and, and here we come uh, to verses 4 and 5. And we see from these verses that a proper diet is important to a holy people's 
ministry success that we're talking about. But listen to me. Equally important is not just that diet, and it's important, but the design of a holy people. Peter moves from the internal issue of what we eat to the external nature of how we're built. And as with our spiritual food, there's something to reject, that junk food, and there's something to accept, the Word of God. We need to embrace the things of God. He says we're, we're come to a, a, a living stone, Jesus Christ, who was rejected by men, but accepted by, by God. And when we come to him, we too, it says, right here, we become living stones or lively stones that are used to build a spiritual house for a holy priesthood as God's people. You remember, of course, that it was Peter that made the confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus told Peter, Thou, uh, he said, Upon this rock, thou art Peter, Petros, little rock, and upon this rock, Petra, big rock, Jesus was saying myself, I will build my church. God's all about building up, not tearing down. God's about building up his, his body. The religious leaders of his day, Jesus' day, of course, opposed and rejected him, eventually convincing men even to crucify him who was without sin. But God used his death on the cross to display the stone that the builders rejected as the chief cornerstone, verse 6 says. The chief cornerstone of the church, uh, made up of, of his own body and the body of uh, uh, believers together, uh, built not by man's hands, but by the hand of God through his sacrifice on Calvary. I wonder today, you see, we're to live for Christ, are we? We are living stones, for the Bible says, he has quickened us, he's made us alive in Christ. And just as he is alive from the dead, uh, Colossians 2.13 says, you believers, you hath he quickened together, made alive together with him. Paul's goal, he said, was to know him, Philippians 3.10, and the power of his resurrection. The idea is that, that he would be like him, he would be empowered like him. And though Jesus was rejected by men, he was, was focused all through his ministry on doing God's will. And listen to me, church, so it is to be for us. That ought to be our focus, dying to our old nature, but alive unto God. I don't know if this goes back some years, but Petra was a, a contemporary gospel group some years ago, and they, they had a song titled, God Pleaser. And the message of that song is the message here. You cannot please God and man. We got to leave off the junk and we got to feed on the, the good stuff. Building for the world only brings worldly success. And, it's, it's, and yet it's not about that kind of power we're talking about. Uh, because you see, we, we want God's power. We have God's power. And with Jesus, we can build an indestructible spiritual building that will glorify God. You have a beautiful building here. But it's not about brick and mortar. It's about you and me being his body 
in the world. Spiritual success will be evident in our lives as we build for eternity. That's what it's about. Every Christian, someone has said, is either a missionary or an imposter. Which are you? Like the Jews of Joshua 6, 5, we're not only to sound the ram's horn of warning and bear round and round the sinner's conscience, the, the very ark of, of Christ's grace, but all the host, are you listening? All, my preacher used to say, A-double-L, all the host of God's people must engage in the work of ministry. That's your job. That's my job. The whole of that people in that day uh, were to compass the city in Joshua or else it wouldn't fall. They wouldn't succeed. They joined together, and they were to shout together too. But, but once again, all the members of his body in the local church today are to unite in all earnest efforts to win the lost by ministering the very love of Christ to men and women, boys and girls, all around the globe. There are plenty who will say, I must work. The sad part is there are too few who really quote that passage, John 9, that says, I must work the works of him that sent me. We've got jobs, and they're important. But this is job one. We're to be his ministers for his glory. Nothing worse can happen to a church than to become, to become conformed to the world. Romans 12, 2. And no church can truly prosper if only part of the membership is actively serving and winning souls. I don't have to tell you, but you know, of course, most who come to faith in any church are brought by you, not by the preacher alone. You're on the job 24-7, 365 days a year. Bible says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? You know the verse. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ. We're being built up into a spiritual house to please God. And to please God, we must build according to God's design as his servants, if we would succeed in the things of God. That's ministry success. Well, in verses 6 through 9 of our text, 1 Peter 2, thirdly, I want you to notice the destination of holy people. You'll like this probably better than the diet. You know, I, I've always been on a seafood diet. If I see it, I eat it. But we can't do that as Christians. We talked about We've got a higher calling than that. And the idea is that, that we're, we're in a process designed to glorify God and, and build up a spiritual house to his glory. But now the destination of a holy people. I'm going to glory. Are you? That's where I want to go. I want to be there with him one day. We'll talk more about that. But Peter points us to success by looking inward at our diet we talked about, outward at our design, and now he points us forward to our destination. That will be glory. Glory. Glory, the song says, right? That's our destination. The finish line is almost in sight, dear people of God. 
And I thought about, you know, along the way to heaven is the path of service. Just what we're talking about. Ministering to those for whom Christ died. Would you today have a, a reason for desiring heaven? Well, listen, just to, to be with Jesus, I've said it, to see his face and to hear his voice. Well done, good and faithful ser servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm looking forward to that day. That's going to be glory, to be with him. And among the greatest joys of the Christian life, down here, that is, this earthly life, when it's over, when, when this earthly life is ended, heavenly life will have just begun. And again, that's glory. Jesus said, listen, church, this is an encouragement, church. Don't miss this. Jesus said in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him, her. Isn't that a great encouragement? If any he says, if any one serves me, the Father in heaven will honor him. And we'll see him face to face in that day. You see, yes, there is rejection, but also acceptance here. Putting our faith and trust in Jesus as our cornerstone, we won't be put to shame or, or rejected by God. We will not be confounded, the scripture, our, our text says, the final judgment is just ahead and it will be glorious, even glorious victory as we run with patience the race that is set before us. Building on Jesus, the, the one true rock solid foundation that, that never moves. Listen, things are shaking today. I mean, the ground's not real stable when you look at things in this world today, Amen. I mean, the, 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 the idea of the medical situation that's going on, the economic situation that's going on, the political situation, but, but, but we have one true foundation that will never be shaken. Somebody say amen. Glory. That's the truth. And, and today, uh, uh, we, we won't be confounded. You know, we, we had a thing called faith evangelism in many Southern Baptist churches, and we, we learned to ask a key question. Here it is. In your personal opinion, what does it take for a person to go to heaven? You've heard it. Most people are going to answer, and they're going to give you a list of maybe good things that they've done or maybe some things that they've not done. People tell you that God has a scale. You've heard this. And if, if the good things they've done outweigh the bad things, then, then they'll make it into heaven. Nothing could be further from the truth. Hear me today. Whether we will be accepted or rejected by God is based solely on whether we accept or reject Jesus Christ, his son, that he sent to save us from our sin. That's Bible. Our works won't save us. Only a relationship with Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in order for anyone to enter God's heaven, he, she, whoever it is, must be holy. The only problem is none of, none of us are holy. Not really holy. We must have the very holiness of Jesus Christ washed in the blood, the song says. We must be cleansed from our sins and made righteous in him through his blood. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was in always tempted like 
as we are, yet without sin. In other words, when we repent, we turn from our sin all the way around in the complete opposite direction and to Jesus. When we repent and turn from our sin and to Jesus as personal Savior, when we reject the world and receive the Lord, we're made holy and righteous and then fit for heaven. Our lives then will honor him and he will honor us. He'll honor our faith even as we live for him. And, and listen, as, as we pass from this life to life eternal, to live with him and, and reign with him forever and ever. Just imagine that. Think about the privilege as the people of God to live with him on the other side forever and ever. Well, you know, as we build our lives on that one foundation, anchored by him as our cornerstone in the word of God, we will desire the diet and the design of the master builder who is our destination. We're going to see him one day. His success will be ours for all eternity. When Jesus becomes our life, we lose our appetite for the junk food of this world, sin. That's as plain as I know to make it. And we'll gain his perspective on his design for success in our daily walk, even into our eternal home. Our focus will become not what pleases men, but what pleases God. Think about that this week. Hold on to that this week. Our focus needs to be on pleasing God. And with Jesus as our cornerstone, we're headed to that right destination because the life of Christ through the sincere milk of his word will be grafted to our very hearts and lives as we live out our faith. It's been said that preparation leads to production. And if we prepare through proper diet with the proper design and the desire in our hearts to glorify God, our destination is assured and is supplied by God's Holy Spirit who even now is at work in our lives, in your heart and mind, even in this moment. That's ministry's spiritual success. As I kind of bring this together, I want us to be clear today, and we need to ask ourselves, is ministry success your desired destination? Is it church? Then what about your diet? What about that design for your life? Being the people of God, focusing on the things of God. If you're going to the world to build your life, I can tell you it's going to fall. It's going to collapse. But building on the one foundation that we spoke of, Jesus Christ, your life will glorify Christ. And that's true spiritual success. That's joy. We'll have joy unspeakable as we shun evil and do good in the name of our risen Savior. There were two Martins that were connected with the Reformation. 
two Martins that were connected with the Reformation. At its beginning, Martin of Basel came to the knowledge of truth, but afraid of making a public confession, he wrote on a leaf of parchment, quote, O merciful Christ, I know that I can be saved only by the merit of thy blood. He said, Holy Jesus, I acknowledge thy suffering for me. I love thee. I love thee. And then he removed the stone from the wall of his chamber and hid that note there. It was not discovered for more than a hundred years. We don't know him, but you know this next guy. About that same time, Martin Luther found the truth as it is in Christ Jesus, and he said, quote, My Lord has confessed me before men. I will not shrink from confessing him even before kings. Of course, the world knows what followed. And today, the world even of Christians reveres the memory of Martin Luther, the great reformer. But as for Martin of Basel, never heard of him. Who cares? Don't put your faith on a shelf. Don't hide your light under a bushel. I read about an ad that was placed in the London newspaper many years ago. Quote, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Honor and recognition in case of success. Not real attractive, right? But that ad was signed by Sir Ernest Shackleton, the great Antarctic explorer. We're told that thousands immediately responded to that call. They were ready. They were ready to sacrifice all for for the elation of adventure and, and even uncertain honor. Let me ask you today as we close, should God's children do less? Not if we would enjoy ministry's success. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to be together in your house, seeing some face to face, others uh, worshiping you, uh, giving uh, honest attention to your word and even your voice now as you speak to hearts uh, by way of uh, uh, the broadcast. I, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you hear and answer our prayers in Jesus' name as if Jesus were uh, asking these things, these favors, these uh, for these needs and concerns. Lord, number one is that we would be your people, surrendered to you, humble servants, 
seeking to please you and glorify your name. Uh, Lord, it is for your uh, glory and, and our good to be uh, faithful uh, servants, ministers of the good news of the gospel and the love of God. Lord, I, I just pray for those today that don't know you that they would hear the truth and, and be drawn to you, even as your uh, finger uh, touches their heart today. Your love encompasses them. You draw by your Holy Spirit them to yourself. Lord, I just pray for uh, complete submission to Jesus as uh, Lord and Savior, rejecting sin, forsaking sin, repenting of sin, and and turning to receive the love and forgiveness and joy and power of uh, Jesus into their lives for salvation and eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for those of us who know those, those things uh, as your followers, as true Christ believers. I pray, Lord, in this world that's uh, upside down today that we'd be right side up uh, walking in the truth of your word for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. If you need to make a public invita- uh, uh, decision today, the invitation is open to you. The chairman of deacons will be here, and, and you can respond as God speaks to your heart. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Amen. Let's stand again.
study Wednesday will be in person here at 6.30. There'll also be a, a Zoom option for that. Uh, I mentioned her, we prayed for her earlier, but Amanda Bankston has some tests on uh, Tuesday, so just continue to pray for her there. So let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you that uh, you are forever ours. Father, that that hope um, is not to come, but you are ours now. And Father, I pray that uh, you would just help us to um, just grasp and access that spiritual diet Brother Mark uh, talked about, Father, that we be empowered by your Holy Spirit, Father, uh, and that we go boldly as your witnesses uh, out into this world, Father, that's hurting and desperate in so many ways. And Father, I pray that you would just, uh, just give us that heart for lost people, Father, eyes to see those that we come in contact with that so desperately need you. And I pray, God, that you would just uh, move and work in mighty ways there. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you.